Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. I'm Daniel. And I'm Wes. That's Wes. Wes is back. Hey, Wes. What's yeah, going on, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? Not too much. How you guys doing? Well, I'm glad we came to check in you in the corner, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm stretching my back's a little tight. Yeah. How was the how was the um matchbox bed that I made for you? Way better than what I had before. Way good, better. Good, good. Okay, good. It's kind of an upgrade. All right. This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends like Wes. Uh Wes is our co-host on our Baltimore episodes. We just completed the first omnibus of Baltimore by Mignola and Christopher Golden. So you can check out those episodes. And I thought and I would his bro- alarm clock is a Rube Goldberg machine. What what, what it involves it involves toast. <laughs> okay. And a bowling ball at some point. And it makes eggs or something? Yes. Does it make breakfast yeah. also? It makes breakfast. <laughs> okay, great. As well. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. But we're not here to talk about Rube Goldberg alarm clock machines. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends. And now Danielle's going to tell you all about uh, it. I think I already explained it, John. What? The toaster pops up. <laughs> and then it, no. no, don't explain that. Oh, explain you know, the reading comic books and talking with our friends. That's right. So what we're going to do is we're going to come up with a thing we're going to read. And then we're going to tell you that you're going to read it. And we're going to read it. And you're going to read it. And then we're going to talk about what we read. And you're going to listen to us talking about what we read. And then we're going to talk about what you talked about when you were talking about us talking about what we read. And then that's a hey, damn guys. And that's friendship. And that's a book club back to you, John. Yes, you really nailed that. Did you I? got it. Except Wait, I feel like I left the, something else. At one point, oh. you were like, uh. Oh, I assume you already <laughs> cut that out, though. Uh, yeah, I probably did. Good, good, That's good, right. good. Okay, well, then we're all set. So the toast pops out of the toaster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then sets off a chain of events resulting in something happening. Is okay. there like a balloon that fills up and yes, pops? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I absolutely. love that shit. <laughs> There's like a little marble that goes down a track and nice. it hits some dominoes and they fall over. And... What's your favorite Rube Goldberg scene or clip? <laughs> Wes, do you have a favorite Rube Goldberg? So many from like other sh- like shows and movies, or just whatever. Like it could I be think, a cartoon, it could I be real of, uh, life. I love the real ones. I like I think when those Mythbusters tried to make one. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right, that they did, yeah. and then it so keeps was... failing, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what were you saying, Wes? I'm, there was a show. I want to say it was on Hulu. I think it was made by Hulu, and it was about a guy who sees ghosts. Okay. And one of the ghosts, and his job is to like go around and help them do their unfinished business so they can go into oh, the light. Nice. And Rube and Rube Goldberg is one of his. Oh man. <laughs> oh wow. And that in- that episode's pretty good. That's intense. Let me oh, see if I can whoa. find it. Wasn't oh, there okay. a music video at one point that somebody did that was like? Oh it was a big yes. Goldberg Probably like OK Go. Or oh, okay. Yes, OK, okay. Go. Yes, yeah. it was them. They did a. Rube anyway, Goldberg. any example of this is a good example. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Let I us, love a let Rube us Goldberg know machine. for some reason why we're talking was, about this. <laughs> let us know what your favorite Rube Goldberg machine is. There yes. was a, a Simpsons episode where Lisa was is there? like, it was a whole Da Vinci Code parody, but it was okay. like Lisa was waiting for a Rube Goldberg church thing to open, and all of a sudden she's all like, ah, "Take it forever." <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the punchline? Yeah. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> dead deadbeat is the name of the show that I was thinking of. Okay, oh, oh that's funny. I get yeah. it. It's, it's actually a, a pretty good show. I like nice. that show. Excellent. Nice. Okay, the first season, the second season gets a little bit crazy. But I'm trying to look up that episode. Is that episode is pretty funny? But that kind of goes with what I wanted to talk about because it is Halloween time. It's Halloween time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
Yes. We're talking about, we're talking about was that what is that? That's my witchy that's my witch voice. Oh. Or that's that crazy lady that lives next door to my house. Great. I'd love to Man. hear that. So I uh you know, obviously, last year um, I watched a lot of scary movies, horror movies. Yes, you did. I was really happy with myself. So this year I want to watch even more. I want to watch a lot of werewolf movies. Okay. That's what I want to do. I, I want to see as many werewolf movies as I can. Werewolves. So if there are good werewolves, recommend me your werewolf movies, you know, on the next podcast. I'm going to, and I'll give you an update on what I've been watching. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of recommendation for Wolfman's movies as well, though. Because yeah. people don't know the difference, and that's okay. Th- that's fine. And we're okay with that. I- I'll accept those yes, too. Absolutely. I'll accept okay. those too because, yes. yeah, any, not the same any thing. Any wolf horror movie genre, Wolfman's Werewolves, bring it on. All yes. right, I got two for you right now. Okay, what is it? Silver Bullet. Oh, I love that movie. Mm, I've seen love it. that movie. Yeah, Teen Wolf Two. Okay, I've seen both <laughs> of the Teen Wolves. No, um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kidding. Just Silver Bullet. But I do. Like, I, I liked those movies. I, I liked the Teen Wolf movies um, with Michael J. Fox. I also. I've never like. I've never seen the Howling movies. I've never seen Dog Soldiers. I've heard that one's good. I've heard that was good. So anyway, yeah. Let me know. What about that? What, the first the new. Uh, the new Hocus Pocus movies out today. Oh, does that I have a werewolf that. in it? No, there's no werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that is a, have that, you seen Ginger Snaps? I don't know. If Catherine I've seen Isabel? That. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, okay. We there's one. Watch that. There you go. Excellent. Like whole, that's like a whole series. This right? is what I'm talking about. No, it's a movie. No, I mean, with Catherine Isabel. Oh, is there? Yes. Okay. I didn't there's know that. Sequels. Okay. There Holy you go. shit. Excellent. Is there another Ginger Snaps? Um, what about you, Wes? Have you been I watching? I thought you meant series. Like, is it a show? Oh, no, no, no. Wes, have you been watching any other kind of horror related Halloween things? Me and my wife plan on watching Hocus Pocus sometime. Nice. But I still, I've been reading, um, just because they like came up a bunch. I've been reading um, Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. Oh, nice. Just okay. redoing that because that's like super Halloweeny and fun. I'll probably um, watch some choice episodes of The X Files. I like to do that. Yeah. I watched the new Monsters movie that's on Netflix. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, how that. was it? The Rob Zombie one? It was fun. All right, cool. No, I will I definitely watch that. Maybe it is I will Rob watch Zombie. that. Is it Rob Zombie? Yes, it yeah. is. It is. Um, okay. I will definitely watch that. It's I didn't on, know. If it's on Netflix, oh, I'll I'm definitely, definitely watch it. I'm definitely going to watch that. Let's put on the burbs tomorrow. Yeah, I love the Burbs. That's a classic, like go-to. Yeah. Ho- that's a fun one. I always, you know? I always like to watch uh, Simpson Halloween specials. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like yeah. to watch all the Halloween episodes of The Office <laughs> and okay. like stuff like that. Good Halloween discussion and recommendation, guys. And uh, this is your spooky book club recommendation. Yeah, well, we're, we haven't got to that. Oh, yet. we haven't. Oh, we're doing reader feed, listener feedback. Well, I've got some shouts outs for this feedback. week. Okay. Oh, John's got some shouts outs, Aubrey. Shouts out. I've got it on good authority that John has some shouts outs. <laughs> shouts out. My sources, John told me <laughs> okay. he's going to do some shouts outs. Yes. So um, I definitely wanted to shout out Matt Strackbine, the letter hack. Matt Strackbine. Matt Strackbine, the letter hack book club member. Yes. That's his official title. Yeah. Matt just came out with his sketchbook. Oh, shit. So I definitely ordered that. It's like 10 bucks. Nice. And so, yeah, definitely order that. I like how by the time I've heard of a thing, you've already got the thing. Yeah, no, I've already it's... got it. So that's great. Uh, that's thank great. you, Matt. It, it's an awesome sketchbook. It's a lot of the stuff that he's doing for his live stream. Oh, right? yeah. Cool. Like right on. So, yeah, great stuff. Definitely recommend that. And I'll link it in the show notes. We talked about Ross Radke last week. He has an upcoming Kickstarter. Ross Radke. Book club member. Yes. Uh, 
uh, I will link that as well. I also want to shout out Rebecca Mock. Rebecca Mock. Book club member, yes. co-host, artist from Salt Magic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Eisner Award winning artist. Eisner, Eisner. Award winning artist. Um, she has an awesome book that she came out with called Die Horny. Um, and it's <laughs> mm. really fun. It's okay. really cool. And her art, it's just cool to see her do something totally different yeah. from I've been wanting to get Salt that. Magic. And this is like her stuff, you know, so I definitely want to support that as well. I just got my copy of it. It's really fun. I definitely recommend it. So mm-hmm. I will link that in the show notes as well. I wanted to shout out Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Book club member. Book club yeah. member. Yeah. This guy's on Twitter at eborosan. This guy, I think he's been leaving us some reviews too. Right? Oh, nice. Because we, yes, I, know, I recognize that name and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And he's also, uh, I see him in um, the Letterhacks live streams. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. great. But he shouted us out on Twitter he shared all his favorite podcasts for International Podcast Day, and we were one of them. Oh, nice. Oh, thank so, you. So thank you so much. I really appreciate the share. Yes. Awesome. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Get out and floppies. Get out hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. Get we got a Hey You Damn Guys from Luke Aldred. Luke Aldred, book club member. Yes. He said, in response to you and Matt's discussion on the state of the DC continuity and canon, etc., I thought I'd share an excellent book I picked up at my local library. Hooray for librarians. Shout Hooray out librarians. He said, uh, it's on a similar topic. It's Douglas Woke's All of the Marvels. Mm-hmm. So good. I read that okay. book. Oh, I picked it up in a. I picked it up in an airport just to have like a reading on, while I was on a sure. flight. So good. Right on. It's an unbelievable amount of work that he put together to make that book. He shared like a little excerpt of it. This dude read 540,000 plus pages of stories from (laughs) Alpha Flight to Omega the Unknown. What? Duff. Yeah, he pretty much read all of Marvel, like pretty much all of it. That is absolutely unhinged. <laughs> he did it in three years, I think. From what I remember, I think it was done in three years. That is. Oh, that's not that bad. Deranged. <laughs> I think it was nonstop reading. For like three Probably, years. I mean, yeah. he, he said he took breaks and he did stuff like that. I'm sure he's like crazy fast reader. What on but earth? He writes up the lore like he does. Like, it's a good book. Right. Man, I'm going to have to check this out. I wonder if he skips all the thought boxes or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> he talks about you'd it. Ha- you'd have to at least skim it. Oh, he talks about it. Okay. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. incredible. So, uh, it, that is incredible. Luke writes, in the book, Douglas charts some of the standout characters, creators, themes, and arcs of the Marvel's 60-plus history. Plus, it's much more than a simple encyclopedia as it seeks to support the new or casual reader and how to possibly access such a huge body of work. The greatest extended and connected written narrative the world has ever seen. The excellent introduction highlights the simple fact that you'll never need to read everything that's happened to a character or team you want to get into. That's not how it's meant to be experienced. The artist writers working on the titles probably don't even know the specific histories of their characters. If you enjoy something now, then maybe go back if you want and see what happened before, but it's not essential and may even be detrimental because context is everything. Classic Kirby and Lee was revolutionary in the 60s, but a kid in 2022 would have a very different reaction to the material if he insisted on that being the first Fantastic Four he ever reads before Mm. anything else. You don't know who someone is when they're clearly supposed to be significant. Don't worry. If they're important, you'll find out. Mm. No idea about a previous event that the favorite team is talking about. As above, if you need to know about it, they'll tell you sooner rather than later. Douglas Walk talks about the main arc cycles, ages of the primary characters, and explains how key events 
often from the first few decades, resonate through subsequent years and storylines, often homage, reversed, inverted, and in some cases retconned. The point is you don't need to come in at the beginning like you would with a single narrative like a movie. The Marvel world is a continuous spinning machine of hundreds of narratives, some discrete, many connected, but if they're past written well, then a knowledge of past chronology isn't essential. Just enjoy the story you're in and look forward to your inevitable questions being answered sooner or later. Like I said, I recommended Reed. He read every Marvel comic from 61 to the present day as research. All of them. Which brings me to the book club member comics. I had read No Silver Surfer and had no plans to until listening to your episode Mm -hmm. beginning Al Red and Slot Run. I enjoyed listening to you guys loving it so much that I ordered it straight away. Loved it too. Reminded me of Brendan McCarthy's work. You'll love it. Frequent collaborator with Peter Milligan, who's often also worked with Mike Allen. And production designer and co-writer on Fury Road. Oh The same with New Mutants. I'd heard of the run, but wouldn't have sought out the book without hearing your podcast first i forgot most spoilers instantaneously a handy superpower yeah that's great i might read more i might not that depends on time and money but i don't feel the need to go back to these characters and start from there with these characters that's so fucking cool that uh we were able to introduce you to something that you ended up enjoying that's that's the whole that's so cool that's really great i don't know about you guys that makes me feel super good i know yeah yeah it really does (laughs) that's excellent I want to read this Marvels now, too. I know. I'm definitely going to check well, out this book. And this book. is actually making me think, like, the Catwoman <clears throat> story we just read, I wonder how much of it is, like, there seems to be a sweet spot of, like, I'm at least vaguely familiar with most of the characters, and the ones I'm not familiar with, it's fine because yeah. the storytelling is so good that it does a good job of being like, this is what you need to know about these characters. So I just wonder, like, if I didn't know, I've never heard of Catwoman or Batman at all, which would be impossible in society. But let's say I'd never knew what these characters were, and I read the story. Would I enjoy the story? I mean, it's an interesting story. And it's yeah, it's yeah. well told, and the art is good. So it's one of those things where it's like, I do have some knowledge. I don't have all knowledge of every Batman story ever, or every Catwoman story ever, but I have enough to enjoy these characters in the way that I enjoy them. And the stuff that I don't know about the, you know, they do a good job of, of making sure that it's enough to where I can enjoy. Yeah. The so it's just kind of like, I feel like there's a little sweet spot in there where, like he said, like you don't have to have yeah. read every single fucking yeah. thing to enjoy this current story. <laughs> it's yeah. it's fine. If it's a good storyteller, then the story will be good. Luke continues. I'm not worried about canon or chronology, just great stories. If I miss some of the finer points or Easter eggs, then all the more sweeter for the reread and spot them on a later date. So thank you for being the catalyst for making me read something new. Cheers Aww. to you all, Luke. Nice. Oh, awesome. Thank yeah. you. He has a great PS. He said, in case you missed it on an earlier comment on your Insta post, the author Tarkin in Mr. Higgins Comes Home. That's perfect because we're talking about the sequel to Mr. <laughs> Higgins Comes Home. This is a great point. He says, uh, the author Tarkin in Mr. Higgins Comes Home refers to Grand Moff Tarkin, played by the late Baron Frankenstein, okay. Van Helsing himself, Peter Cushing. That is fucking nice. awesome. <laughs> Also included a link to the last great scene of Hammer's 1958 Dracula. Sorry, I know you're super busy. Just being needy. Another superpower. <laughs> no, that's great. I'll no, definitely great. link a clip of that in there. I want to check that out, too. Yeah. Maybe that's a movie that I'll watch is this 1958 Hammer's uh, Dracula. I haven't seen a lot of those. So everybody loves it. We got we got to watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. Well, we will do that. That, okay, that I, I have special plans for that. Oh, so okay. Stay tuned. Ooh, all right. Um, but uh, great, great job, Luke. Thank you so much. Yeah, for this that epic, was wonderful. Epic message. It yeah, was incredible. That was awesome. This is a Hey Damn Guys from Callie Kaysen. Callie Kaysen. Book Club member. Yes. Hey Damn Guys, loving your shows. 
listening to the opening of a chapel of bones and the mention of the guy who burns his writings then drowns himself in the parallel to H.P. Lovecraft, uh, there is another parallel that I thought of, and that is in Darwin Cook's New Frontier. In that story, yeah, in that story, there's a man, parentheses Dr. Seuss, though not named, uh, who draws (laughs) pictures of creatures and they come to life. He's being driven insane by a creature that he wants to warn the world about. The two page middle of the book insert has a very bleak ending. And though I don't believe it was published in the original issues, it was added to the absolute edition. Oh, uh, and it is the very opening scene of that animated feature. I'm not sure how or even if related these are or if it's just a trope used in comics. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's what the squid creature is that shows up at the end of Watchmen as well. I also have a question. Okay, I've been collecting Hellboy books and items for a while and I'm curious what your most prized Hellboy possession is. Oh, that's a great question. Still loving the show you folks are producing. Keep up the awesome work on both shows with fandom and love, Callie. Thanks, Callie. Uh, Thank thank you you so much. Yeah, and another great tidbit to have Wes on for some Baltimore Baltimore feedback. Yeah. Remember they talk about the guy that, remember when they Mm. they go into the Chapel of Bones? Pickman's model is this is the parallel I think is the name or of the something story. like that yeah, yeah yeah thank you so much for the feedback man it's a tough one I really uh, I <laughs> the... I assume we're not are we including books and other items or well, can those be separate categories um, well it, what is the actual question Hellboy possession right okay, okay so um, I had been after that Thadrian frog forever oh yeah it's you a, were. like an actual Jade yeah. Thadrian frog um, oh really. I, yeah, so you have uh, so much art though. You have so much original group. art. So it's so I like that. But these James Heron pages that I bought from Ryan the Strackbine Ewell, pages. Yeah, I mean man. Lawrence Campbell pages. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean this Mignola. Oh, original. maybe that's what it is. You have an right? original Mignola. Yeah, so maybe that's, yeah, that's what amazing. it is. That would have to probably oh, be it. it. I mean, I don't know. It's tough to. It would probably be one of the original pieces of art. If it wasn't art, then it would probably be like one of those relics or that frog sure. or whatever. Something but like I mean, that. isn't that also art? It is. Witch spoon. <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, the pages or whatever. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. The yeah. troll witch spoon. That's an amazing you, one. You literally commissioned that fucking sword. Yeah. So oh that- <laughs> yes. I don't know. You've got tattoos. This is, God, this is a tough question. We. I, 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 I commissioned all this original art from. Yeah. From uh, Ross? From Ross Rackham. Yeah, we have some amazing art from Ross. I think since Tyler it Crook. all started with Mike Mignola, none of these artists would probably begrudge yeah. you saying from the master himself. Yeah. This yeah. original piece. It's got to be that. Yeah. So, yeah. Because we value all of this art equally, right? But it's kind of like, how do you pick a favorite star yeah. from the sky? You know? What about you, Wes? You've got a great uh, collection over there. Jeez, what's my favorite? Mm-hmm. Art? Or oh just Hellboy possession. What, Hellboy what I mean, possession. John's got all these troll witch spoons and bells and stuff, Mothlomi bell, and etc. But you've got like some Mark Laszlo pages and stuff like that. I know. I do love my Mark Laszlo. I have like three sketches from him too. Though. Yeah, yeah those are awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Is that fair? How can I pick a star? I know you, can't, you can't. Like, you know, picking a favorite kid. I guess one of my favorite pieces is like my Ross Radke, um nice. Abe. Oh, uh, that's yeah. a that's a really good. Or my one. Lawrence Campbell post-it note. <laughs> that's a really good one too, man. Uh, or like uh, years ago, before the podcast started, I got that little Hellboy animated action figure when it came with the DVD. I oh, I have that. I love that. That's a great action yeah. figure. That's the uh, Sean Galloway. Yeah. Uh, art model or whatever yeah, yeah it's got yeah. like the barrel bodies like giant body, body and twig legs yep. yeah <laughs> yep that's the yeah, one sweet there's not oh, a sorry. lot that it's mine 
it's all John's because he, you know what I mean? I, I but this Tanchi Zanyich page yeah. with fucking the lobster yeah. beating these Nazis to death with a luggage rack is one of the best <laughs> That's things. so awesome. Can't stop staring at these pages that Mass Jackbind gifted us about Kill the Black Flame. That yeah. is seriously... These are some of the first pages. Great. And I mean, yeah. Matt has so few pages. And he, the fact that he made a gift of that to us yeah. is really special because our friendship with him is so special and it's like just think of all the years of reading comic books and and talking to your friends that we've had with matt strackbine and we really, have this right. lovely yeah. gift of art so that's a really it good symbolizes one. real friendship it's really cool yeah. and yeah. so there's just so much but it's like i think the the ones that are tied to friendship so closely like the ross radke art to matt strackbine art yeah. and all this other stuff that's so just like that's to me is super special I um uh, I also have the pencils of that same. Um, you do. Yes. Yeah. And I I finally got to hang that up in the house. So it's awesome. Oh, it's pretty awesome. awesome. Take yeah. a picture of that. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, you guys know this. When you get the print from Duncan Fegredo, and then he does the he does his sketch in there. He was like, I don't know if he oh, always does that, but every yeah. once in a while he'll do oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that's really like, cool. I really I really love that sketch of Hellboy. Yes. No. Like, yeah. John has some sketch. of that. Well, yeah. he did um, – we bought some sketchbooks from him, and he did some amazing art in those sketchbooks. But the one that he did in Aubrey's sketchbook yeah, – Yeah, it's really sweet. Uh, I will I will have to pull that image and repost it. That That's, was an incredible one. Like, he really cool. puts some thought yeah. into it and makes it like – it's telling a little story. Yeah. yeah. You know really what I mean? Neat. So, yeah, send me those, Wes. I'll send you the ones – the Laszlo's as well. And then, I, you know, I got a little manual sketch. It's nothing crazy. It's just a doodle he did. Oh, yes. But then the um, – but the Ross Radke with the friendship thing you know yeah. and i'm like yeah well, i mean i love my ross radkeys that i have up just because yeah. of the book club because i because you guys yeah i haven't even yeah. met ross i have no like i don't right. know <laughs> have i even been on an episode with him i don't even think i've ever been on an episode with him yeah, oh we gotta yeah, make that happen we gotta make that happen <laughs> there's so much passion and depth to this fandom and it's really intense and it's unlike a lot of other mm -hmm. it's very tight-knit and interesting <clears throat> it is interesting it's yeah. there, and there's like no hater i don't know they're, they're yeah. there but it's like, like a no haters policy. So pull, uh, yeah, I don't know how it's that way. It's just because that's how Hellboy yeah. is. Yeah, it's great. Because Hellboy yeah. is, you know, looks out for everybody. So everybody looks at everybody embodies that. In the yeah. people yeah. that are interested and stick with that character, sure. you know, they have some of those maybe sensibilities as well. It's an interesting thing. Yeah, that's, a, that's, I love that, Wes. Yeah. Well, and everybody that seems to be working on these projects and everybody that's attracted to that. And it's just all seems to be. At least I haven't really sensed very much toxic animosity in no. our. I've never. Yeah. We've never gotten a. Uh, I hate him, guys. That was you know. No. Like, yeah. Hate him, guys. That was no good. No. Or <laughs> even in the community, like on Mike Mignola's art on Facebook, right. if there's any any toxic on there, like fucking Jerry yeah, Turnbull. Oh, they're out of here. J.C. Yeah. Washburn yeah. and Mark Tweedell. They just they, like they kick shut it well, down. It's very <laughs> well. It's very well moderated. You know, when people are lost or they have a question. Yeah. yeah. Every like people are there right away. It doesn't matter what the question is. People There's are no, there like, right away to help this no, person no. find their path. Yeah, exactly. So that's so true. cool. Very good. Yeah. Ever. Anyway, good job. Yeah, great question, Callie. Thank you so much. We also got a hey you damn guys from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell, book club member. Uh, regarding our Baltimore episode, I'm reading Baltimore to catch up where you guys are, and I just wanted to point out the little Easter egg in the Curse Bell chapter four. In the top panel on page 13, 217 in the omnibus, there is a <laughs> sign on the building that's cut off by the panel border. It says Dunky PFE, which I'm assuming is supposed to say Dunkel Perft P F E R D. Okay. Which is German for Dark Horse. Oh. Okay. You know what? And I think I remember seeing that and I and I found dark, but I was like, I don't know what the next word is supposed to be. Huh. 
And I and I said, if anybody knows what that is, let me know. That's and yeah, great. there you go. Thank like you so translation much. Translation corner. Excellent. Translation corner. Drew Campbell. He always comes in with like Amazing. a really sweet nugget of like trivia that we just totally missed. That is really satisfying to know. Yeah. It really is. Regarding our Catwoman Lonely City episode. Oh hey, what's this? We heard from Cliff Chang. <laughs> what? what? Cliff Chang, book club member. Cliff Chang. Holy shit. Amazing Holy shit. artist, writer, amazing colorist, artist, all writer, writer colorist, amazing guy. He said, thanks so much for reading it and all the kind words. It was a real treat to hear how much you all enjoyed it. Aw. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's so that cool. That is awesome. That makes my day. That's yes, so great. Yes. Excellent. Thanks for making it. <sighs> shit. That's awesome. Thank you so much. We also heard from at Jade Matcha on Twitter at jade matcha on twitter <laughs> book club member they said this miniseries is seriously something else just gorgeous and phenomenal writing yeah and they shared our post when uh awesome. with that comment so anyway yeah. thank you so much for the share excellent i'm so glad I'll, we had a ton of listener feedback this week nice uh great discussion everybody you guys are making lines but i can't hear you oh so wait wonderful. you can't hear me you can't hear you can't us well oh, now i can hear you I don't know what happened. I we have, we have a crazy storm that's going on here right oh, now. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. All right. That was weird because you like all of a sudden you guys were just like not there, and then all of a sudden it sounded like robots, a bunch of robots. Oh, wow, weird. That's weird. Okay. That is because a bunch of robots came in, and started making a bunch of noise, and then mysteriously left. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm glad it <laughs> right. left. I was hoping I was a real problem over here or something, and like right everything now, was glitching. We're having a, a hurricane of robots. <laughs> okay. All right, and now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week, and this week we're talking about our encounters with evil, Woo! adventures of Professor J.T. Meinhardt and his assistant, Mr. Knox. This was published in November 2019, story and art by Warwick Johnson Cadwell, based on characters by Mike Mignola. So I wanted to talk about this because the last one, I didn't realize this until I was like rereading this, the last one was written by Mignola with art by Johnson Cadwell. Cool. Yeah, and this one is written and art by Johnson Cadwell. So oh. it's like that first one was just, and then I guess Mignola's like, just go do whatever you want <laughs> with these, go, with go these nuts. characters. What's interesting is that it's got two dedications. The first dedication is for Warwick, who brought these guys to life, dedicated by Mike Mignola. Oh. And then the second dedication is thanks to Mike for the constant inspiration and thanks to Katie and Jenny for your patience, Warwick Johnson Cadwell. Yeah, hmm. that's nice. So that's interesting that they both uh, dedicated it to each other. They're both thanking each I other. Love that. You know, yeah. that's See, really that's exactly what we we're just talking about. Yeah. It's just so everyone's just full of gratitude and sincerity and yeah. love, man. It's just cute. And letters by Clem Robbins. The cover art is by Mike Mignola and Dave Stewart. So this is a sequel to their other book, 2017's Mr. Higgins Comes Home. We discussed this on the book club last year on episode three of the podcast. Wow. I'll link it in the show notes. So if you haven't read that one, go back and check that out. Check out our episode. So when you were looking at this, did you remember Mr. Higgins Comes Home? Did you uh, well, that? I never forgot it. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like, it's like baffling. It's been a year. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, last yeah, I can't October. believe it's been a year either. It doesn't feel like that at all. No, it um, does not. <laughs> Another difference is that Mr. Higgins Comes Home was a singular story, whereas this has multiple stories. Yeah, I love these short so stories. So I kind of liked that, too. I thought that this was really fun. Yeah, I agree. I like the, yeah. the mini episodes. We yes, love a exactly. Yeah. So uh, this first story, it says, Introduction, the death of Lady Ruthven. So I did have to look this up. There was a Lady Ruthven, and there's a famous painting of her. She was of noble Scottish descent. 
she was a lady in waiting at the court of Queen Christina of Sweden. So I don't really know how that relate, but I like this. I always like the historical fiction. So I guess in this world, she was a vampire or something like that, cool. right? <laughs> Sounds good. So I love the pacing of this first page because we just are thrown into it. We see Meinhardt, we see Knox and this woman. Um, we're going to find out she is Mary Van Sloan and they're chasing someone. And then we get the title. There's like the reveal of what's happening. So I just love all that. We get these one, three shots of like something intense is happening. And then we get the reveal. It shows us that Meinhardt, Knox and Van Sloan are chasing a stagecoach with three men on it and a box or it's not a stagecoach. Sorry. Is it a stagecoach? It's a wagon. It's definitely okay. a wagon. Yeah. There you go. Um, a stagecoach is more yeah formal it's There's got like the top on it or whatever yeah and and you know some prissy people in it <laughs> yeah so we're on a carpathian mountainside a hundred or so years ago we got some great action here right uh warwick style is just so different it's right great. because like if you yeah. think about the stuff that we've been reading you know it's very like marvel dc type of stuff and then like coming into this is just uh I don't know. I just love it. It's just really, yeah. I love the action. I love how she dodges the axe and all that kind of stuff. I love the cubist tendencies. There you go. Yeah. 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 Meinhardt says they're running out of time. So Van Sloan leaps from her horse to the cart. She goes for the driver, but she gets stabbed. Ah. And uh, she pretty much takes out all the guys on the stagecoach. She's a badass. As she tackles the last guy off, she yells, don't let her reach that castle. So I like all this too. It's just yeah. like, it's paced so well. And you get the sense it, it of really like, is. Something really... The action is good. The, they they got to yeah. stop this thing. The, I'm sorry. Like, the panel of her getting stabbed is so funny to me. Like, it's just very... Yeah. Uh, it's so <laughs> hardcore. Like, like They just start right in on it. But, like, even the sound yeah, effect where it hardcore. says stab and it's yeah. just, like, there's no holes in the letters. I don't know. It just gives... It, it lends so much yeah. to that. Yeah. She's so different than mine, Heart and Knox. You know what I mean? Right. She's such a different character than those two who are kind of like floating through <laughs> kind of aloof a little bit, but always successful. Yeah. It's yeah. like kind uh, of an action hero and they're kind of like, um, well, no, I think Bumbling what, idiots. <laughs> what we saw in Mr. Higgins comes home is they're, they're certainly capable, but they're right. very proper and well-mannered and they get, and all that kind of gets caught up a little bit in their stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, where she's just going for yeah. it. Yeah. So I like yeah, this idea great. that, you know, Warwick Johnson Cadwell was like, we need another person yeah, in here. Yeah, we need another that, personality we need, we need type another, Yeah, I really like that. Meinhardt slashes the bindings, securing the box, and it tumbles out and lands just feet from the church entrance. That's where they're trying to stop. We don't even know why, but it's like, oh, I it, get it. it yeah, I we're injected it. right into the action. Yeah. There's a house behind the castle. I didn't even realize that. There's a little house back there. Oh, yeah. That's a nice little detail. I just love this. I love the art on all this. So Meinhardt. And Knox, they pry the box open and stab, 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 stab. That is just so <laughs> hilarious. It's like stab, 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 end. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the end of story. We oh, don't even so see Lady Ruthven. We don't see, I don't know. I just love this. That could be it. Like in the yeah. next story, they kind of explain a little bit more, yeah. but that could definitely be it. Well, like they're just like, they're just fucking exterminators. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Just... <laughs> but I mean, we get it. Like these guys were trying to take her to that castle and they're trying to yeah. stop her from getting there for some reason or another. And then they, they won or whatever it happened. <laughs> Good stuff. This next story is the lost Duke Kurtz and it takes place the next day. Van Sloan is getting patched up. There's like a doctor or a medic there working on her. And they're all talking about the previous events. From their conversation, we learn about the tower that Lady Ruthven was going towards right before she was killed. 
and we actually get to see her. This yeah, panel I is love really this cool. illustration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome illustration. It reminds me of something. Yeah, there is. Does yeah. it remind it you does. of Adventure Time? No, yeah. it re- reminds me like of a piece of art. Yeah, there is. There's like a pe- like a famous art where like someone uh, they're in like a gold cloak and it's all and the tapestry is all behind them and they sort of fade into it. Right. Is that like a Klimt? Is that like a famous Klimt? It does remind like me that? of Klimt. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. The next page is another panel that kind of reminded me of that style as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, with the, sorry. With the tapestry you're talking yeah. about, right? Sorry about that. Please continue. No, I like that. Uh, but there's also are- like that cool. I don't know what that thing is behind her, where she's getting her like back sort of stitched up. They're just sitting and having tea, and she's all getting stitched up. I don't know what that is back there. It's super exactly. Cool. So we talked about this with Mr. Higgins comes home. Warwick puts all these little details in the background, yeah. all these yeah. like intricate carvings, and you know, it's not just like a thing on the wall or a mirror. There's going to be something in there. Yeah. You know, so that's I love all this. He manages to make yeah. it look detailed without being cluttered, which I love. Mm-hmm. I guess that's his. He's got a really nice sense of composition and the free-flowing nature of his style doesn't limit him to be like he's not getting caught up on whether or not he can draw a horse right, right. that looks yeah. like a you know what i mean he's, <laughs> he's like look the action is what's important and the storytelling is what's important so like his his uni- his unique style lends itself to so much more i wonder if that like it just gave him more freedom in the storytelling of just taking right, this like yeah. cubist approach to everything i yeah. really but it's also very internally consistent yeah which which makes it so pleasing to the eye. I don't know. It's just really, and the colors are good. Anyway. We learned from Von Sloan that the tower is Crater, and it has a correlation to another vampire that Meinhardt and Knox are interested in. The diabolic Lost Duke Kurtz. So there's a connection there. Crater was one of his hunting lodges. Knox says that if this is true, then his manor, Lodzarek, should lie north. The doctor who's patching up Von Sloan is overhearing all this, and he basically tells them it's a bad idea. The place is called Hornet Wood, and it's filled with robbers and cutthroats. I love this panel of them at, around the table. This, I don't know. For some reason, you were talking about being pleasing to the eye. Yeah. Like, for some reason, like, this panel blew my mind. It, it seemed like almost like an optical illusion or something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there is something just really cool about the composition of all that with Warwick style. I like how Von Sloan, she's pouring her whiskey or whatever. You yeah. know, she just got patched up. So she's like, I need a shot after that. There's or so much character. Yeah, there's so it. much going on. So I really love that panel. This next panel. The fire. Yeah, where we reveal Lord Kurtz. It's all really quite beautiful because it's. Um, yeah. It's I just don't know how to just I don't know. I don't know how to describe why I like it i just do well, like it this panel it I almost know what you mean i wish i knew yeah. i wish i was a smarter person like yeah. i could <laughs> maybe tell you why i like it it almost looks like you could cut this out of construction paper and make it and they're all overlapped you see that? oh yeah that's cool like mm-hmm. i don't know there's just so much in there I really enjoy that. I would love to make that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like you could, do that now. <laughs> you could, you could do yeah. something like this. You, all you would have to do is scan. Anyway, Knox says that it's been 400 years since anyone has heard of Kurtz and since it's quite, any, it's been 400 years since anyone's seen his wiener. Yeah. And it was a wiener shadow. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't even notice that. Good catch there. Good, nice detail. <laughs> and well, quite, it's been 400 years since anybody's seen it. So yeah. It's, it's no wonder it's been missed. <laughs> and quite right too. He was the very worst of them. Oh, he looks terrible. Some say the original, Meinhardt says. Possibly unlikely, Von Sloan says. The worst, probably. And we see that image of Kurtz. Like, that was a horror. To me, like, that was very, like, horror kind of pacing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I found that creepy. You know what I mean? That they cut to him. It would be Knox saying that, right? Right. Or something. But 
for some reason since they're talking about him and now we get this like creepy image of him drinking wine or whatever it's blood Oh, it's yeah, blood. blood. There you go. Yeah, I would imagine it would be blood. A general and lord, he wrought pain and destruction with a strength and bloodlust so mighty that twice he was reported to have defeated his enemies and then turned on his own men and killed them too. He destroyed towns and cities, even his own land and property again and again. Each time he'd rise from nothing, murdering and fighting his way back into power. Then suddenly nothing. The worst was the jump scares. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap. Uh, I love that this panel. image of that him. That panel, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is awesome. Really cool. Hey, it's fucking frightening, but it also looks like it could be made out of construction paper. Right. He's stabbed through with like a... Spear. It's like a spear. A there you go. A bunch of arrows. There's like There's a bunch of I... impaled people in the background. Yeah. And it's in a uh, walled city on fire. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Vlad the Impaler, yeah. right? Yeah. Or something like that, right? Like Vlad Tepes. Meinhardt says, it's worth a look. It is, Von Sloan says. And then she goes, just don't be long. And she <laughs> pours herself in the drink. And it says, doop. And I love that love sound it. effect. Yes. It's like that, you know what yeah. I mean? When you pour, I love that. It's so great. And I love like how it's in cursive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, that lends to the sound effect too. Yeah. Yeah. The whole This whole style is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's so relaxing too. Like I forgot how much I enjoyed it. <laughs> Meinhardt and Knox take a stagecoach. So that is a stagecoach, right? There you yeah, go. That with, is a stagecoach. With, with some proper Correct. people inside. Yep, proper stagecoach. So they take it all the way to the end of the road and they go on foot. Knox asks Meinhardt if he thinks they have enough weapons. It is our courage and expertise that will see us through, Mr. Knox, Meinhardt responds, which I think is a hilarious response because they're about to get robbed. What I think is and interesting. And have all their weapons <laughs> taken and they're from loaded them. with weapons. Exactly. I think it's interesting that this snort was not hand drawn, that was added after the fact. Oh, okay. Maybe that was like afterwards. They were like, well, we need another uh, sound effect. Maybe he was like, oh, I forgot to put the snort in. Can yeah, you put the snort yeah. in? Are the other sound effects onomatopoeias are handcrafted so lovingly? And it's so interesting to just run across this one. That's like this. It almost looks like a I wonder if computer font. Like, right. I wonder if that's maybe a Clem Robbins. Right. Like it's, you know. By computer um, font, of course, I meant a digital font. Right, right. <laughs> Computer. Computers. Computer. Robot. More robots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those robots are back. I also love this panel where they just stop and take a rest, and Meinhardt's like, oof. Like, when you see people hiking, like, for a long time, like, that's fucking exhausting. Like, think of all this shit. Like, I like how they have to stop and take a break. Knox has to stretch out his back for a little bit. Like, and those you shoes probably aren't very comfortable. Yeah, either. You, I just, I don't know. You don't see scenes like that right. in movies where people are going on a big hike or a big adventure where they're just like, ugh. <laughs> I need to stretch my back out for a little bit. So they do get robbed. Uh, the robbers are a man and a woman. And the man says it's his day to lead. So they won't be killed because it's her that likes to kill Jeez. or whatever. Yeah, she's the murderer. Yeah. He's in charge today. He's the robber. Yeah. I like how she takes their weapons from them too. I, the patient on this is like really fun for some reason, even though they're getting robbed. Yeah. Oh yeah. She says you're really quite lucky because she would have killed them. Right. Or, but she also says that Lod, they're lucky because Lod Zarek is hardly a place for them. Uh, is that near here? Meinhardt asks. So like, I like how even though they're getting robbed, Meinhardt's like, oh, we're finding the yeah, place that we're trying to go to. Yeah, he's <laughs> We're on the right track. Exactly. They continue to politely talk as she binds them to the tree. I love that, too. They just keep having a conversation while she ties them up. They tell her that they're looking for someone. I wouldn't come into Lodzarek asking questions. He says, it's a town full of people keen to remain undiscovered. They're all scoundrels, you know. She follows. Well, this is a fix. I I love (laughs) (laughs) This next page is awesome. It's so much fun. Yeah, so Nox, he 
has his pen knife so he tries to reach it and the whole page is just panels of it getting later and later and he's just trying to get yeah. his knife out there but eventually he does get it and they get out but now it's nighttime and so they go into Lodzarek. The first things they see are pe- two people arguing and fighting, and their robbers dead in the street. <laughs> so, I know. This. There's so much personality in this city. The I think it's funny that these two people are arguing or whatever. I don't know. Like they're arguing, fighting because they're all criminals here. They're all. I think it's funny that like their stuff got stolen, and then their stuff got stolen again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been stolen twice now. Like these two scoundrels, indeed. I like how Meinhardt's like, come Knox, let's not get distracted. He's like, we're not getting involved in this shit. You know what I mean? Like, just get away from these people. Oh, I just realized that there's like a guy watching those two people fight. And then once they like hit the ground, he's like cheering it on. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. They approach some sort of pub. There's like a red light coming from within. I like that effect right there. That's a really nice color. You know, how it kind of like fades yeah, that's out really right cool. there, but there's still a shape to it. Inside, we get some great bar scenes. This fucking uh, bartender, she has had it, man. Yeah. She's yes, over it. That's great. So she just comes over and gives them two beers. She and wordlessly like, uh... sets down two mugs, and they're like, oh, we didn't. Okay. And she just leaves. Yeah. She just like walks and away. Ward gives her the eyes. He's like giving the eyes everywhere. Her face in this, the fourth panel on the page, she looks like yeah. she is. she's had it up to here, man. I did want to talk about the panel layout. I think that really lends to the pacing of it because yeah. it's like it's one big panel, then it's three, then it's four. So it goes into these very tight. We're seeing all these different scenes from the bar. Yeah. These, these two pages are amazing the way that they're connected because it starts off like just a seedy bar scene. We're seeing all these people drinking and playing games or whatever. But then you start to realize that there's something absolutely fucked about yes, this. Yes, exactly. There's some guy getting his head sucked on. Right. So... Knox and Meinhardt are drinking their drinks and they... I don't even know. Did Meinhardt ever drink the drink? I think he just pieces. I think he oh, pieces right. Him. Exactly. <laughs> Knox is definitely drinking it. But we have the on the second page, the first panel is of Meinhardt. He's looking and he's the one that notices, you know, mm-hmm. all these things are happening. After we see all these scenes, definitely vampire activity going on. Then we cut to Meinhardt's already out the window. I love that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, he's like, so good. I'm out of here. Yeah, he didn't like grab him and pull him along. He's just out. Right. Like, he's just like, Knox. he probably thought that he was following yeah. him or that he's watching yeah. the same thing that he's watching, you know, but Knox is just yeah. there drinking his beer. He's like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> but it almost makes me so think good. like very cinematically, like you would you would have it on Meinhardt and then it, the, the thing yeah. would circle all the way around and when it would come back, he's not even there anymore. Yeah. He's already out the window. I don't know. I just think that is so funny. It is funny. Meinhardt tells Knox that they need to rethink their plan. But soon they find that the castle is right behind the pub, as well as some locals who quickly surround them. They're vampires. Meinhardt and Knox are surrounded and the vampires are closing in. So I love all this pacing too. Um, it really yeah. like kind of like sets all these things up. You will not take us without a fight, Duke Kurtz, Meinhardt says, pointing his finger. We will not fight you, gentlemen, tonight. And I am not Kurtz, that damned creature, the vampire says. Is this his home by any chance, Knox asks. There's one panel where they all just look at each other silently. Like, it's just... This part, this had me cracking up out loud. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Y'all are so out of your depth. You're so <laughs> yeah. just unprepared for any of this. And it's like, okay, come on. But yeah, he's even like, I can't explain to you. Let me just show you. Just come, yeah. I'll just show you. <laughs> <laughs> So they all follow him in. As they walk throughout the castle, the vampire tells them I that... I love this. What are we looking at? Yeah, that's another one like of those little details. Yeah, yeah, when we go into the, the castle, 
Yeah, that is really cool. Well, the tower is has a, an evil presence in it there. Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. foreshadowing what's going on. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, true. As they walk throughout the castle, the vampire tells them that Kurtz had once again destroyed his fortune and was building himself back up. He was chilling at Crater in Lodzarek amongst the Hornet Wood. He started partying with some other vampires, but soon he was out killing again. And he started making more vampires. Their numbers grew. Our numbers grew, the vampire says, so we conspired against him. They made a deal with some Balkan men who were good fighters and craftsmen, and they robbed the castle as the vampires slept during the day. They took all the silver and smelted it down to make these silver panels marked with talismans that weaken vampires. And then at night, the vampires that were in on it guarded it to make sure he couldn't leave. But I do want to talk about, so when they show Kurtz partying in Lodzarek, there's a bunch of other cool little details there. There's like this weird painting on the wall of like a boar that's been stabbed a bunch of times or something. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. And like all the one of the things is just a skeleton, right? One of these the yeah, guys on the couch. Yeah, yeah he's skeleton. just a skeleton head. Yeah. And there's like a rib cage on the ground. There's and there's like just like some wolves hanging out and stuff like that. I was wondering if these guys, if one of these guys was, um, What's his name from Mr. Higgins? Hmm. Go the back man- and listen to it was a year ago. episode three. Year ago. And tell us. It was a year ago, but the <laughs> yeah. main vampire from Mr. Higgins, I was wondering if this was supposed to be him in the blue. Anyway, hmm. these panels of Kurtz killing again. These are all really great. I also noticed that all the paintings are torn off. You see like they went in and like, I guess the family portraits or those would be portraits oh, of him yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. I was trying to figure out what they were. This page where they're making the metal sheets is incredible right? oh yeah i must have stared at the page for i don't even know how long a, a, a good long while i just um i kept going over and over and i just think it's um it's just such an interesting idea and the way that it's executed is very satisfying it, to it, look at it's almost like um like a how it's made or something like when you see <laughs> yes. something put together i don't know there's something satisfying about like i i like that we see them like getting the silver yeah smelting it down scratching in the uh the carvings the runes. The, the runes and then putting it all together um, for me it's on it's on more of a level of just the creativity going into this concept is is so intriguing to me and so seeing it play out is um yeah it's very satisfying i really i really yeah, like it oh, a lot and i stared at it for a while with silver and runes yes i i do like this concept because i don't know that i've heard of something else like this it's a very kind of i've never heard of anything novel like this. idea Super cool and they dug like a little little like pit to put pour the silver into and then they all work together to put the runes and then build this big structure and then like i was like oh surely nothing in this story can top how cool that is and then i turned the page and the next page i was like oh (laughs) shit oh fuck oh no this is dark it got very grim yeah it does wait this this wolf is like sort of on to what the what the people are doing with the silver. Like he even gets his own panel where he's like, "Hey, what are you guys oh, doing?" Oh yeah, that is a little detail. I noticed that where the wolf is like, <laughs> so "What's yeah, going on here? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing over there? Put that down. Stop that's, that." That's but yeah, funny. What, what does happen? What does what does top it? What does topping making a tower yeah, of silver? Tell us, John. Yeah, so soon they start making the enclosure smaller. They remove all the stone and timber and the furniture too. So they're taking everything they're removing out. Panels to and make it, making and, it smaller and smaller. And this panel of reaction shot. God, that's yeah. He's when he realizes what's happening. You know Gosh, what I mean, Mike? Man, that's incredible. The confinement shrunk around that evil form in here. So they go. There's a very ornate door handle. I like that clunk sound effect. Yeah. I love an ornate door handle. I think we see this motif again now that I focus in on it. This this like flower coming out of the ground. I think we're going to see that again later. 
I just noticed that right now. Anyway, um, so they take Meinhardt and Knox in there. And inside the room, there's this small little box on the table. It's a silver Fuck. little, like yeah. the size of like a shoe box or something. And it's not like, like, I don't know. The way that this is executed is so flawless because they, it's just three pages, but. Yeah. You know, the first page, yeah. it's like, oh, we've explained the process. So now you get it. So now yeah. I can draw a little fucking box. Right. Yeah. And you know exactly what it is and the significance of it. And it's horrifying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is just so, such good storytelling. Yeah. So brief, but so much in there that is, yep. it's just so horrifying. And it's just really simply done. And I really appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. It's yeah. so cool. It is so cool. What do you what do you think he looks like in that box? Oh, I don't even want to I know, right? Picture yeah. it. Horrible, horrible. Is he like a, a, t- a tiny little thing? Or no, is he, he's or, squished yeah. in there. He's like the Tiny's shape of the box. Did he he's turn like, into a bat and he's just a little bat in there? Oh, man. Ooh. I don't know. The vampire says, here is the awful Duke Kurtz. He'll live internally in this prison and we will stand guard forever ensuring that he does and no less than he deserves. And then there's like a little whimper. Because you have to like that's the I, I, I always like um, these tropes being turned on their head like, ah, oh, wouldn't it be cool to be like a cool immortal vampire? You're so cool. and You're immortal. And it's like awesome. No, yeah. not in this state. Not in this state. Trapped in this state forever. It's that horrible. is hell. Yeah. Simple little drawing of a box. Yeah. In this comic book, it's just a box. It's just a little box. It's an ornate box. But you know what? Thinking about the state that someone would have to be to fit in there is just, yeah. oh man, it's grotesque. And so, um, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. That's we don't have to see this. it. No, we don't have to see it's it. Better it's, it's, it's better if we don't. It's better if we don't. Because I have to yeah. picture yeah. that, and it's awful. And so that's um to be. The, the fact that he says, oh, yeah, he's going to live forever in there. Yeah. And you're oh, like, he will. Wow. We're going to stand guard because we live forever. He can't die. Yeah. Like, it's just. Ugh. So Meinhardt and Knox were there to kill Lord Kurtz. But now they found out that this happened to him. Duke Kurtz or whatever. And so Meinhardt says, but you yourselves are vampires. Killers. Terrors. And the vampire says, look, we thirst for blood indeed. And we drink our fill. But only here in Lodzarek. The people who come here are criminals and villains, escaping retribution for their misdeeds. It is a situation that benefits us both, no? And then Knox is about to say something, and he goes, and we will never leave. Our hatred for Kurtz is our only ambition. It is our way now. These guys are just like, wow. So they just kind of look at each other. Wow. And We the, were not ready for this. So look on his face. The vampires just leave them in there. Ugh. It looks like they stay there till daytime. daytime because yeah. now it's, yeah. And so during the day... Then the men come in, the Balkans, uh. and they come in with all these little tools and little things. And then Kurt's inside is going, no. So what the fuck does that what mean? The They're just going to make his box smaller, right? Make it smaller. Make it smaller. Is what I always assume. Man. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, he just goes, oh. Oh, this way, I think, Mr. Knox. And they leave. They just fucking leave. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think this is hilarious Jeez. because it. They didn't need to do anything. Well, they're in That's over true. their heads here. Yeah, and you know I think what I they mean? realize they're in over their heads. I, you know what I mean. I, I don't because I don't think that the punishment for every crime should be a horrific death by vampire. Right. You know, so it's like he's like, ah, but we're taking care of all the criminals that come this way. And it's like, okay, you know, like if you're if you're doing horrible things like murdering a bunch of people, like okay, I can see how if you come up against other murderers and someone's got to go down. I don't know, you're murdering each other that's up to you but i don't know like what if you are stealing some bread 
and then you're like, and he, now you're lumped in with all these guys. <laughs> you don't really deserve to be killed for that, probably. So anyway, but I'm thinking about that, and they're just, the, but that's so too much to parse for them. They're right, like, yeah. we don't belong here at all. Yeah, let's just get out of here. We this is too much. <laughs> and then of course, with I didn't even mention the whole fucking thing with the box. Yeah, and the whole there's an entire society now built around torturing this creature in this box and keeping him yeah. in there yeah i don't want to be the one to yeah. tell everybody hey this is fucked <laughs> yeah. look around what are yeah. you doing Let's to yourselves during like, this process do you know what i mean but yeah. like you don't want to delve into that yeah you're not qualified yeah so just leave probably <laughs> is the only response to that just leave there's nothing you know you they came to right or wrong and they found that it was just so much more intense than they were ready. And they were like, maybe not today. Maybe to we do, can't handle this one. They just wanted to do a stab, stab, stab. Yeah. This is not <laughs> a situation where that's going to probably solve everything. Yes. That was a good one. This next story is called Blackwater. It's got a classic horror opening. We're at Gustav's Boulder. A couple are trying to make out or have some private time. But they hear a sound. A wolf. But I think a- they're also... They're watching their sheep. I, I think they're also there to protect the sheep. Yeah. There's yeah. like some livestock in the background. And a yeah. wolf is a wolf is approaching the livestock. There's like a watering hole there. So the woman aims her gun to shoot, but something appears to come down and snatch up the wolf, right? Jeez. It takes the wolf from out of the sky. The animals yeah. don't like that. They're all. all freaking out. Uh, we see like the claw of the wolf like come falling down. It's like been detached from the body or whatever. We hear a flap flap. <laughs> And a scary vampire face descends on the couple. Splat. Jeez. <laughs> I love this. Really good. I like the parallel here with the splash. Yeah, with the splash. splash. Yes, we had the splat, and then we cut to splash. Oh, dear, Knox says. He just spilled his tea. It's like a good little transition. All over the map that they're looking <laughs> at or whatever. He and Knox are tracking what we can assume are multiple killings by the same thing we just saw. One of the locations on the map is Gustav's Boulder, and that's what we, the scene that we just saw, right? So, again, mm-hmm. the storytelling, they, we don't have to know yeah. all this. We get it. They're yeah. going after this thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. there's multiple killings. They're going to go check it out. Right. They intend to head that way. Meinhardt asks the innkeeper for a favor. He tells him, should our undertaking get the better of us, we may fail to return. A likely place to send a search party would be somewhere around here. So he's just like saying, in case we don't come back, we got killed by this thing. And I love that too. Yeah. Um, just the whole properness of it and everything yeah. is hilarious. We cut to Meinhardt and Knox in the forest at night and they watch bats. This is a cool scene. Yeah, I like it. Remarkable activity tonight, though nothing sinister, I admit. So he's like, this is cool. but This is cool, but not, not really what yeah. we came for. Yeah. That's a really cool page. I love this. Yeah, I love the foot foot and all the bats in front of the moon. Super yes, cool. and there's one like almost right in front of the moon, too. That's really cool. I like that detail. Yeah. As they continue, they run into Von Sloan. She's already trapped all these evil bat things. She's like <laughs> way ahead of them. Way, yeah. way ahead of them. <laughs> she pretty much has the job done. Just like she took out all the guys on the stagecoach pretty much single-handedly. You know what I mean? She's got them all in these individual cages. Just as she greets them, the little bat monsters start to get loose. But she's got them tied to the carriage. I like their little faces. I read it as like one came down to rescue them. Oh, is that what happens? Yes. Okay. You're right. You're right. They have cute little faces. I know they do. They do have cute faces. This is such a crazy story. This one is so crazy. Like I don't. 
I know this one's really funny. Uh, so Von Sloan has a crossbow. She's using it on them, and then she's got them tied. And so it's like providing a challenge. As she, like, tethers them. Goodness, Knox exclaims. Extraordinary, Meinhardt follows. Gentlemen, Von Sloan says, they're just watching her do all of this. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, sorry, of course. And they start and they finally start helping, helping her. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so she's like, she's, like, pulling them down from the sky and putting them in these little cages. And they're giving mm-hmm. her a fight. I'm sorry, his face while he's going into the pen. The cage, like just the gestures, oh, yeah. the movement of yeah. like the gestures that he's making is so funny. Yeah, it's just like when I'm trying to put Hunter, just trying to get Hunter to go do something with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it how he says, uh, some sort of child-sized man bat. <laughs> Knox asks, how many of these devils are there? There are 13. His little face. His little face. He's so happy. Oh, when he hears that there are 13, right? When they turn around to see who it is that's speaking, the little creature is so happy, his little face there. But this panel where it says there are 13, I like how it's just the scribble lines. Like when you have to Mm -hmm. scribble, it's just, ah, I don't know. There is something so satisfying about that. There are 13. The trio turn to look. All together, the voice continues, and there's four man-sized bat creatures approaching them. They take all their crossbows and their guns and everything. One of the big bats says, we have been apart too long and tonight we come together once more and we see all the other bats flying in. You're not vampires, Meinhardt says. They say, not yet. They will return to their true form tonight. And they all kind of speak as one. So it's like one sentence, but they're all completing each other's sentences yeah. and stuff like that. They're such cool, different characters. Like they're yeah. each such a cool, yeah. different character. The, the, the designs on them, and it, like Danielle was pointing out, all the little bat faces are really fun. <laughs> These creatures are, like, so happy to be, like, doing evil stuff. Yeah, whatever, it's really cute. Or, you know. Yeah. Even their eyes are different. There's so much, there's so many different So much expression in, in the it. The ears yeah. are different. Everything is different. They're cool. Meinhardt asks who they are, which prompts a flashback. So there's two vampires, Earl Cannon Tagenrog. And Deviled Petros. These both look like mm-hmm. like they would be characters on what we do in the shadows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I had to look up these names. Uh, I couldn't really find any references. Taganrog is a port city in Russia. Cool. So maybe this guy's from Russia. I don't know. But uh, I love the character designs of these. So they had this long Here are feud. your flowers. Yeah, we get a flower there. There's a flower there. There's a okay. bunch of, on, there's a flower in the picture and there's some on the wallpaper. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's another one later that almost looks exactly oh, like that. Okay. Anyway, I'll cool. point anyway, it out. Anyway, sorry. Good detail there. Tag and Rog and Petros had this long feud and they went to settle it at Blackwater Falls. We see the epic battle. Petros, you worm, Taganrog exclaims. But then when we cut over to the bats, like they're, they're yelling, they're acting it out. And one I of know. the one of the bats has his fingers, and they're like fighting each other. One is like Petros, and the other one is Taganrog or whatever. Cute. So like we keep cutting back to the actual <laughs> battle where all this crazy stuff's happening, and then the bat just like smashing his fingers together in front of yeah, the, the three of them. <laughs> the looks on their faces are great oh my god yeah i could totally see this happening this creature telling a story and they're like acting it with his fingers action scene is fucking so grisly yes tag and rog and petros they hack each other to (laughs) bits like they totally destroy each other petros gets the final upper hand but then his head which is barely hanging on it falls off his neck oh damn he says as he tries to catch it and it falls off the falls it just says grab a little grab grab his head oh that made me laugh that made me laugh this whole thing just made me laugh the combination of him saying damn and then the grab sound effect really just cracked me up (laughs) 
all their body parts fall into Blackwater Falls. The body goes splat, and then the head goes bock. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that. The sound effects are so good. But then all the body parts, they start, like, T-1000ing themselves, Ew. like, back together. They're all trying to find each other. Oh, like, the the eye, like, grabs onto a rat, and then, like, right. transforms a rat, right? Like, it so takes they start, hold of the rat. That's what these little <laughs> bat monsters are. They have, they've taken other creatures of the night or whatever as they've assimilated it into themselves, so that way they could all come back together. And move around, I guess. Be more mobile. I was like, this is crazy. I love this panel. I love this little guy flying around here. Oh, we cut to just one little guy, right? Yeah, that little guy flying is awesome. Now we are all here, united once more. And he comes in. He's like, ah, he comes in. Yeah, just United once more, Uh, almost like it's a little prompt for the guy. He's like, I'm coming. I'm so little. Oh, he's like pointing to him. Well, he's, I, I, I even wonder if that's like supposed to be like a landing place for him to land oh yeah like he's so tiny like he's reaching out to him that's great pacing because he says that and then it lands and he's like our dark will shall form again right (laughs) exactly really good um so what did you guys think of this scene where they all start combining describe what's (laughs) happening here so weird they're, Welcome, and yeah, the little like guy flies into his arms, and they're mushing just each other mushing together, each other together, hugging, and and then does he fly into his mouth? He's flying into he his, mouth. Flies into his yeah. mouth. Yeah, he jumps in there. What the? Yeah, hell? they just start. They just start hugging each other and turning into. Well, and one. then they're like biting each other. Yeah, and, they're like eating yeah, each other, tearing each other stuff. apart, and like this guy's pulling his eyelids all back. It says bite hair. <laughs> you see him like it's like this weird. Very, it's like they're. Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah, if you look at the yeah, <laughs> look at the top of his after he's like starting to look humanoid. Like the top of his head has like a hand clawing into his. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. What a nice the little detail on this there. are That's wild. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So weird. This is the uh, the transformer I don't want to get for Christmas. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is the gruesome transformer. Oh my gosh, he's got like ribs sticking out of yeah. his Yeah. They all start to f- take that humanoid form. Ah, the tubes, the veins, and organs remade by Darkwood to serve evil. Pure, gracious evil. Ha, 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 ha. And he's like, Taganrog? Petros? So <laughs> their body parts have grouped together. The two <laughs> villains, they hate each other. And now they're part of the same body. So what happens next? But he even oh goes, like, he even goes, no. Like, oh, yeah. the, the mix of peaches and Tagrog's like, no. He starts Come ripping on. apart yeah. all of the flesh that just horrifically merged together. Yeah, so he just tears himself apart. And it's very grisly and He's horrible. Like, I mean, Warwick's style is not, like, realistic. It's not like that James Heron or... Even that guy Davis kind of stylized yeah. more, but it is like really upsetting. <laughs> it really is. I like it. they tear themselves apart, and then um, Von Sloan says, "Do you have a match?" <laughs> and then they just ride away with the freaking shit burning. Right, it's so awesome. It's all on it's fire. Like yeah, so they just set it on fire. So this is, I, I think, this is so hilarious. This is another story where they didn't have to do anything. Yeah, they did nothing. Yeah. It resolved itself. I guess maybe burning it prevents them from trying to combine again. But it's also like, just like the last story, they could have just not done anything and probably the same thing would have happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just think that is so funny. That lends to like the humor of it for me. The next story is called Siegfried. Like before you read Siegfried, you're like, what the heck? Those two stories were so much fun. Like this next one, like, you know what I mean? Like you're like, can it be as fun as the the last two? They kind of keep topping themselves, (laughs) right? In a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just each one. You're just like, oh my God, this is so much. This is awesome. Yes. So Siegfried, it features this wolf. And so I figured Siegfried is the name of the wolf, even though they, we never learn his name. Okay. This is perfect for your pop culture werewolf themed stuff. There you go. Exactly. This goes with a werewolf theme that I'm that I'm trying to do this month. I just think it's a cool name for this character. This wolf wearing a like a ascot and a smoking jacket. Exactly. With a pipe and he's all a proper, right? And he's he's like leaning back against a tree, writing in a book. I love him. <laughs> yeah, in his journal. Yeah. <laughs> he's like journaling and smoking yeah. his pipe. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. This is in the town of Maleva, remote Eastern European countryside. We see this dapper wolf. He's like we said, he's writing the journal. He's a hunter and a sophisticated one. Unlike some of our relatives, he writes. And then we see like the depiction of the classic wolf man. I think that's hilarious. See, this is yet yet again. We've got a werewolf and a wolf man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good job there. Siegfried hunts vampire hunters who he describes as an artless lot who rarely display any sort of panache or style. <laughs> and today's victims are no exception. And as he writes, we see Knox and Meinhardt. So I got a kick out of that. His, his, that, his like next that. victims are our guys, right? Okay. Over with Meinhardt and Knox, we learn that they've been led there by vampire killings, which they suspect none other than the elusive Orsum Ruprecht. Dig this guy's trip, man. Yeah, super cool vampire, right? Dig the swag. Really great design. Yes. Really great design on this guy. I was trying to figure out, is that like bird on his... Yeah, I love the rooster crest. Yeah, that's what it is. Really cool. Yeah, but he's got a really cool vampire design. Yeah, yeah, his outfit is fucking dope. And the moon in the background, it's such a great panel. The wolf writes that the vampire hunters are active during the night and day because they hunt vampires when they're active and at rest. So he has decided to lead them to him. So we see that... The wolf Siegfried has this mock vampire contraption mm-hmm. that he uses. Yeah, it's got like two prongs, like a fork yeah. that sticks in people's necks and draws blood. To exsanguinate them. I think this is such yeah. an interesting, smart idea too. Like, how would you fake the vampire killings like in the, yeah. in the whatever, 1920s, I guess, yeah. is when this is taking place or somewhere yeah. around there? Pretty good. Yeah, I love that. And I love the pump pump as he's like, all the sound effects and everything. It's just really smart, really cool. So he also leaves a clue behind a sigil that I suppose will, it's that little crest. It's the yeah. same yeah, crest, it's like, right? Yeah, it's like exactly. a button or something. It's, it's like, like a button, button or a jacket. ring or something like that. It's yeah. a button. You can see uh, where it would be sewed onto oh, the coat. The okay. little detail shot of nice. it at the bottom I love left. That. Yeah. Got matching buttons to match his the crest on the front of his jacket. It's yes. pretty dope. So then, of course, like when Meinhardt sees us, he's like, so it is you or some Ruprecht, right? <laughs> but the wolf's plan is totally working. Yeah, right? it's totally it really working. Is. These guys are just fucking rubes. Some truly impressive cityscapes on this page as Siegfried tracks Meinhardt and Knox. I looked at this page yeah, for a this long is time. Great. Not only is it fun the way that we see it like is. the wolf in the background running around, but just like 
God, look at all this work that Warwick Johnson Cadwell did on these cityscapes. I mean, really cool stuff. We see Siegfried get a barrel from a stagecoach and roll it into a basement, and it leaves a trail on the ground. That's really fun, too. I just like when he's carrying it and he's, like, huffing or whatever. Also <laughs> makes me think of, like, huff and puff or whatever, right? That's what a werewolf oh, okay. does. A blue your house, yeah. I think he's just struggling with it. I really like the uh, the body language of him holding yeah, this yeah. barrel and sneaking yeah. around. With Meinhardt and Knox, they can't find any clues, so they head towards a bar. Meinhardt's like, ah, this may help, because they haven't found anybody. This guy's doing the most, right. isn't he? From Siegfried's journal. The invitation to their doom should be done with careful strategy. We are gentlemen and sportsmen, after all. And a fine trap is going to want the finest cheese. So we see him open the barrow, and he goes, hello, cheese. <laughs> and Orson Ruprecht is in there, and he's all scared or whatever. So he kidnapped the he guy, too. fucking kicks the barrel and donk. <laughs> yeah, donk. But I think this is hilarious because this is the guy that Meinhardt and Knox are trying to catch. Yeah, man. Yeah. So this guy's this guy's smart enough. He's already caught him. Yeah. He's already done their work for him. Oh he's, man. So he yeah, is better than he them. Wants to he wants hunt them. Yes, yeah, exactly. But like he can do the job that they are trying to do. Anyway, I just kind of see it like by the fact yeah, that he man. has Orson Rupert, he's already better than them. Incredible. In a way, I yeah. guess, yeah. It is my preference to enjoy a pipe before the curtain falls. I like to relish the work accomplished and the venture ahead. Yeah, so we what? see he's this taking his pipe guy. out. He takes his pipe out and he puts it in his mouth over the panels as well. That's a nice little detail. Uh, hubris. In, inside the bar, Mox and Nineheart, they encounter this woman and they ask her if they've she's seen any customers and she just doesn't say or do anything. She just stands there so blankly. So creepy at it the really end is. there. So what is that? The blood is coming out of her nose. What is yeah, that? Blood what is just that? comes out of her nose. Maybe she's hit. hit uh, oh, she's glamored or something she's by the hypnotized vampires or some shit. Like what did they yeah, do to by her? the werewolf? The werewolf did something to her. I don't know. Oh no, I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he made her brain dead. What's that called? When yeah, I don't know. Maybe oh, ice like through the eyes pick through the eye or oh, something like that. And gave her like a lobotomy or something. Ooh, I don't know. That's dark, Wes. Holy shit. shit. I, yeah, maybe I shouldn't comment. Uh, no, at funny. the bar, though, you got like a boxing bear and a jack-o'-lantern. That's a cool bar. Yeah, Oh, cool shit. Bar. I didn't even notice that. Oh, great detail. Something's that's wrong with her, though. Halloween-y, too. Yeah, yeah something's, wrong, something's wrong with this lady, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they don't get any clues from her. They go out of the bar again. And out there, they find the trail left by the barrel when Siegfried was rolling it in, and it leads them to this basement. In the basement, Siegfried writes, The sport in hunting the do-gooders is delicious. Their insistent attempts to thwart darkness and its noble agents is nonsense, and I do delight in the contest. <laughs> this fucking... The hubris of this yes. werewolf. He's um, uh, tapping out his pipe. and He puts his pen in his puts hat. His pen in his hat I there. love that panel where he's tapping the pipe out on the barrel. Yeah. I yeah. think that is really it's cool. A good touch. That's a very, and he has his little like messenger exactly. bag yeah. that he puts his yeah. journal yeah. in. Or it the, adds a lot of texture to the scene. Yes. The yeah. satchel or whatever. He's all proper. He's got, he's got all his stuff. Yeah, he's got his double knives on his, on his hips like he's a cowboy. Yeah. He brandishes his knives and he says, and now to business. We cut to Meinhardt and Knox entering the basement. Ah, and now to business, Meinhardt says. I love yep. that parallel. I love stuff like that. Yep. Um, we have a nice gearing up page. Nine panels of them getting all their vampire weapons and tools. I hope they don't get it stolen again. I, know. <laughs> I mean, both these pages together are so beautiful. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, even just following the red line is such a fun, beautiful page. I love that. Yeah. Really nice. 
Really nice. But I, again, I think this is funny that they're getting all geared up for this vampire, but that's not what they're going up against. Oh, it's really man. the wolf's plan is totally working. It really is. So <laughs> they're led down into the basement. It's all dark there. I love this. Uh, the lighting um, work right there by Johnson Cadwell is really nice. And it gets really tense. Like the whole thing has been funny. But when it got to this part, I was like, what's going to fucking happen? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, the pacing is really well. The wolf is like sneaking around and watching Meinhardt and Knox approach Orson Ruprecht, who's in this like, but he's all incapacitated, mm-hmm. right? Like he's all like, he looks like he's very weak. When they find him, dear God, is that him, Meinhardt ass? The blade is an important part of my success. Of course, our natural strength lies in tooth and claw. But their signs are telltale and would signpost our activities. They approach the corpse and we see the wolf brandishing his knife and coming around the corner. My knives allow me to join the ranks of robbers and cutthroats. And we can remain anonymous amongst those legions. I like this idea, too, that that's why he uses the knives. Because he's like, these are supposed to be robbers and this is what they would do. So I'm going to do it, too, and they'll never catch me. Yeah. This is the scene, the climax, right? They're approaching the vampire. He sees them, but he also sees Siegfried behind them coming with the two knives. The way that the panels are, um, like the... We talk a lot about cinematography yeah, in comic yeah. books and the way that the shots are arranged and like if it's mm-hmm. a close up, if it's a wide shot, whatever. So that the pacing of it and the way that they're, you know, cut in on these specific details is so masterfully done. Yeah. So as they get close to Orson Ruprick, he opens his eye. He sees the werewolf behind him. So he pulls Meinhardt's gun yeah. and he shoots. Yeah. And in that panel and with Warwick style, you almost it almost looks like he's shooting Meinhardt. Yeah. Right. Um, and Knox is exclaiming, you're like, what the fuck happened? But then, of course, he shot Siegfried. Yeah. And he's With like, presumably no. a silver bullet. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, no. Yeah. He, like, totally ruined this plan. <laughs> so he bursts into flames. Yeah. And as he bursts into flames, he, he uses his final, like, strength Jeez. to, like, decapitate Orson Ruprecht. Yeah, in one final act. And yeah. his the flaming skull, the flaming yeah, the werewolf flaming skull yeah. coming at the... <laughs> so good. It's so, it's so intense. Cool really really cool looking. yeah he's like ghost rider ghost rider werewolf those three panels are incredible i just love the pacing of all this how quickly it happens and it devolves the whole plan it's just like <laughs> it just totally got ruined oh man it's so good but it's like the same thing again it's like another situation where it sort of resolved themselves obviously this wouldn't have been resolved without them playing exactly part. they had to yeah. be there for this one yeah. but it, but still they didn't have to do anything i guess they didn't have to like fight anything well i mean they were lured there by the guys so he yeah, just, they had to he, follow he, the clues he, he was like he ended up being more like wily e. coyote than a werewolf yeah <laughs> Yeah, he he was totally like Wiley Coyote. I love this panel of him just slumped over the body as like it's all on fire. We see the head of Orson Ruprick like come bonking on the ground. Sweet, Sweet mercy, mercy, it says. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's catching on fire. I guess the when you decapitate a vampire, they're go- they're done, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but it's also burning too, so the body will probably burn with the werewolf. I feel right. like decapitation is a pretty widely accepted yeah, way okay. to dispose yeah. of a vampire. Yeah. So everything's on fire, and Knox and Meinhardt get out of the basement, and then we get this one shot where Ooh. two hands are in there getting the satchel. With the notebook and the two knives. Art of the Hunt is the name of his journal. Oh, the Art of the Hunt. <laughs> That's great. This bottom panel is really cool, too. I love that just the plume of black smoke coming out, you know, from where yeah. things are on fire in the city. 
um, just the way that whole city is laid out too, and there's the road coming out, like oh, it's just really cool. And then uh, when it transitions to the next page, it's like you got that same kind of plume, but it's like a different kind of smoke. Right, yeah. right. We're looking mm-hmm. on it like a little more like a little hut or something, like a cottage. Oh, there you go. I this... would characterize that as a cottage, Aubrey. Yeah. So what do we see here at the this very end? Page is wonderful, and it's it's so beautiful. It's so beautifully rendered, and but it's just so sad. Like that werewolf had no business doing all that bullshit because he had this loving family back home waiting for him, and now they're like crying because right. they realize he's gone. So I guess the mom wolf went and got the stuff. She's the she's the hands that are getting the satchel and the knives. Oh, I I took it the uh. To, uh... Because it says several days, some days later, I took it. Somebody else grabbed it and like and sent, sent it, it to, to her. Them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking it could be that too. Oh, uh, what a funny detail of like, oh, and he had a family, and now they're sad that he's gone. Like, what yeah, a fucking but, weird thing to include. Right. It leads to the whole thing where like, uh, when somebody like grabs the bag and the book, he puts the satchel and grabs grabs the satchel, put the book in it, put the knives in it, and then you see the kid holding the knives. It kind of gives the impression that if this kid grows up, he's going to hunt yes. them. Well, he's reading the, the book, too. Yes. Well, she's, yeah, uh-huh. she's got the yes. book open. And she's crying as she's like, I guess they're, I don't know if she's reading it to him or what. That last scene reminds me of Fantastic Mr. Fox. The oh, interesting. Movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does kind of, the whole style kind of lends to that, too. Yeah. I'm not um, sure if I've seen that one yet. I mean, I love Wes Anderson, but I haven't oh, seen that one Oh, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. I well, might have seen it, but I don't know. So I was thinking about, like, the last thing that he writes is that he uses knives because he wants to be, like, cutthroats and robbers. Right. And, like, he kind of went out the way that they do, too. You know, that was the last yeah. thing that he wrote. and. He was like that. I yep. don't know. In the end, yeah. I don't know. It, it's deep. I don't know. You think no, about it, it is, and you're yeah. like, "Fuck, man!" In his effort to be like, in his his hubris, yeah. he forgot what his real goal actually was, and he, you know, descended yeah. Yeah. into the depths of that which he despised most. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And he died he, like one he of them became too. The thing that he hated. Because I was like thinking, like, what are they reading? I was thinking, like, what are they reading? And I'm like, well, the last thing that he wrote was this. And then he died. So it's just like, anyway. Yeah. Really great. Uh, We have an epilogue here at the end. So we get a nice page of Knox. He's at home. We get to kind of see what each of their homes look like. He's got the teapot going. I like this detail that it's got the little bird um, when it whistles or whatever. Yeah, he's got his workstation going. Yeah. Well, I was under the impression, like, the, the bird was, like... Like the bat phone, it's like you know the falcon sphere thing. What? No, that, that's a tea kettle. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's like it's going off to some, and because he it goes off and he's like, oh, falcon sphere. That's right. So I was trying to figure out like what is going on here because he just goes, oh, falcon sphere. But you're right, Aubrey. He's looking at the tea kettle. I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't either. It's like a signal. Yeah, it's like the red phone. I don't know that you're supposed to. So we cut over to Von Sloan. We see her at home and she's like got all like look at all this stuff. I mean, I love all the details back here. This man looks like a cactus with a crown on it. Did you see that in the back? Yeah, I love it. And there's another red bird back there too. Yeah, you're right. Um but I love her layout here so she's got like a little thing with some handwritten notes. She's got her bottle of whiskey, she's got her glass and then some other books and materials laid out all on this giant map so she's like obviously researching something i just love this whole like setup she's also got a dog at her feet and stuff like that you can kind of see in the all these little details and then she's looking at the map and then she just goes huh james falcon sphere i think they're all just thinking about something and realizing well, the thing there's a bird in the thing that she put her drink next to 
Oh, she moves her drink and there's a bird right there. Yeah, so it's not a signal, a magical signal. He sees the bird and it reminds him of something and he's putting the pieces together. Or right, something. and he's then like, she sees a bird. These are just and it... the moments that they all realize a thing. Right, they're realizing a thing about yeah. Falcon Spear. Yeah. So then we cut to Meinhardt's place. I know Mignola doesn't have a super long beard, but I couldn't help but think of Mignola on this top oh. <laughs> right. statue right here. This first thing that we see um in mine hearts well certainly how like similar to the way that he would depict himself i sure, think he's yeah, very yeah know. yeah this owl kind of reminded me it's of fun. uh clash of the titans what was that one called bobo or something like that oh yeah oh, yeah the owl yeah i don't know what the, you're referring to but i think this is a cute design for sure oh yeah you ever clash of the titans no we should watch that <gasps> okay we should watch that <sighs> so good. look here's a good is halloween the, movie yeah, that okay. would be a good one. We see a sword with a hilt, and the hilt has a bug on it, <laughs> a little cool. sigil. And here's that flower. Oh, yeah. Oh, there yeah. it is. That's the same flower. Oh, I see. That it's got the, the little thing. crown there. It's got a crown over it, too. I thought that was interesting, because the little crown over things always makes me think of Mignola. With yeah, the little, oh, yeah. The ha- little crown over Hellboy or over the little skull. Anyway. There's um, also a fly in the handle of that. Yeah, yeah. You saying there, yeah, well, there's a bug there. And Hellboy's <laughs> blood sprouted flowers. Oh, you're right. And... <laughs> There was um, the House of the Fly. They had the bug in the amber or whatever, yeah. right, in the ring. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is that like an actual bug or is it just like a sigil of a bug? I do not know. Anyway, we don't know. And again, I mean, if you just zoom in on Meinhardt's room. I can't zoom. Just... I'm looking at an actual book. Oh, okay. Well, he's... I, I can get my face we'll... real close. To There's the like book. a hand yeah, with an close. eye on it. We'll get you a magnifying what is, glass. What is this called? Is this a thing? <laughs> Does that mean something? Does it have like a specific name? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's red. I thought that was pretty interesting. It's pretty neat. He's got a skull in like a jar on his mantle, a green skull. Oh, and then there's a little painting. This made me think of the Wild Hunt. Yeah, it looks like the Wild Hunt. They had all the paintings in the Wild Hunt of these guys on the horses with the deer mass. And that's kind of what this looks like. He's blowing like a horn or something. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it could have nothing to do with that. It could be something totally different. But it just made me think of these things. No, I like it. Hey, on the mantle is that that little mignola looking statue yeah that's where it is yeah. right some of the you you can see the the knife and the flower thing are on his bookshelf a lot of cool stuff looks like there's like a crocodile skull or something like that anyway he's asleep reading a book and he hears a knock knock von sloan and knocks come in and they both go professor, professor! and then it says to be, to be continued Ooh. right and so the the third book is called falcon spear oh i see okay so there's a third book and one thing that's really cool that they just announced is Mr. Higgins comes home. This one and Falcon Spear are going to be collected in a library edition like this. Okay, cool. Oh, nice. So they're all going to come out in a giant oversized. So I'm really excited about that. By the way, he was pointing to one of his library editions. Yes, People was, who are listening yes, to this okay, are yes. not in the room not with a us. visual medium. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Warwick Johnson. It's interesting. I think it's interesting that Warwick Johnson Cadwell did all the writing for this because some yeah. of the stories seem very Mignola. Sure. The first time that I read through it, I was like, Oh, this humor is totally like Mignola. I could see that, but it's like, it's not. Him. It's also very u- unique in a lot of ways too, that you can see hit the, the personal touches in there. Yeah. You can yeah. See the style yeah. come through. And so it's like, it's not matchy matchy, but it goes together. Right. You know yeah. I mean? It goes, it complements one, one exactly. complements the other. It's all in the same. I mean, it, it is, it is like what Mignola wrote in the forward. He brought him to life. Yes, you know, and right. now they're like fully fleshed characters. I love the addition of Von Sloan. I thought that she was awesome. I'm excited oh, yeah. to. I'm excited to get to Falcon Mignola Spear. continuously is like creates these fabulous characters and things that people. Then he 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 shoves them. He's like oh, he's like okay now you play with them. 
Right. Your turn. And so people are like, okay, I'll create little scenarios for these right, guys exactly. and all this stuff. And, but it's, it's, it all is keeping within the same feel, you know, feel exactly yeah, and, yeah. and all of that, which I think is fantastic. So uh, what did you think of this to start off our Halloween readings? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we got werewolves, we, we got love. vampires. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, it, it almost felt like uh, reading a cartoon. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, great. The, just the crazy situations they got in and, like, you expect it to go one way, but it's like, no, we're going to go completely opposite. Yes, yes. You know, and, like, there's hardly, like, any, like, action from these guys. But this <laughs> thing was filled with, like. There was a lot of action, but, though. But, yeah, there was really a lot of action. And it was and, a lot of fucked up shit in these just, fucking but stories like these too. two guys were like fucking laurel and hardy just yeah. bumbling their way through it <laughs> i love that i do feel like Mineheart is very capable but yeah they didn't really have to do anything it's so funny a lot of it is just them slowly backing away from situations <laughs> they were not prepared for yeah just so interesting really good what about you wes had you read this already yeah i read this when i got the when i got the hardcover you know i reread it for this episode just to reread it no i loved it i think it's so much fun it's a perfect Halloween read. What is your favorite story? Yeah, I think the the werewolf story, the one, I mean, that one is so funny. They all top each other, but that one is just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it is really good. It yeah. is really funny. I liked all the little bat creatures, too, yeah. in that Blackwater story. That was yeah, good. that was and really good. And all of them are very silly and fun up until you get to the crux of it. And then it's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jeez. It's just got very dark yeah because yeah. it is like wiley coyote but then it's yeah. like oh he had oh. a family that now misses him and it's like All of no. it got taken to a level that <laughs> was very it's like humorous but in just the darkest way yes yes it's that it's dark so, humor it's like humorous but gross and horrible i also like the uh the way that they uh, like captured that vampire in the second story with yeah. building the silver around him and just keep making it smaller and smaller and smaller and i'm just like that's fucking brilliant yeah it's yeah. a great idea too. like i've never even heard of anything like that before yeah, it reminds me of like a grim fairy tale you know like super fairy tale yes yeah. exactly i yeah. think that you could even like if you if you had a kid or a niece or a nephew or something that was like too getting too old for baby stories but not quite old enough for like grown-up stories yeah. this would be a because it's like if I were a kid of that age, whatever that age is, I don't know, 10, not, okay. you know what I mean? Like 12. reading this, I'd feel like, Ooh, I'm probably not supposed to be reading this. It's messed up and it's making me feel messed yeah, up, yeah. but it's the right kind of messed up for that age where you're like, you need something that's a little more mature, but you don't need to be yeah. so mature that it's going to be like, Oh, this is inappropriate. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's scary stories. Scary stories. Tell the dark. Yeah, that's exactly like that, right? where I was going with it. Yes. <laughs> scary stories. Tell in the dark. You want to feel a little thrill. You want to feel a little bit like, ooh, I'm a little bit scared, but it's not so bad that it would be, oh, this is too far. Right. It's, yeah. it's, I think this would be a good book for that kind of, if you're in that age group, age area, yeah. whatever age that might be. I don't really know. But yeah, Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. But it's got wonderful illustrations and it's, yeah, it's interesting too. Like I didn't expect to be like, Oh, oh, geez. Yeah. You know, yeah. some of these. Yeah. We got a great sketchbook section by Warwick Johnson Cadwell. I love seeing all the different designs of all the characters. Um, we see Lady Ruthven and Duke Kurtz, all the little bat monsters. I love all this. Yeah, those little guys are great. Siegfried. There's some nice panels of Siegfried as well. And I can also see, like, if you're a kid, like, you could maybe think up your own adventures for them like these this group of yeah these three characters you know going on little 
adventures and stuff. And it's just such a weird little, <laughs> it's charming and also horrifying. And it's very, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just yeah. very, yeah. there's a lot you could, you could go a lot of places. Like you, you could open up your imagination to, oh, what other adventures could they have? Right, and you could right. do your own little fan art. Because also, how fun would it be and how tempting would it be as a kid to to draw these characters and to draw sure, the little yeah. fucked up shit that they're fighting and whatever. You yeah. know, like- I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. And we'll have some more Halloween episodes coming up this month. Some more vampires and spooky stuff. Yeah. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much, Wes, for joining yeah, us. Thank you, Wes. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me, guys. You know, I was telling Wes that uh, we're, we're taking a break from Baltimore right now because I have stuff planned for October, but we'll be coming back to Baltimore in November. So uh, check out those episodes. But I also wanted to get Wes on here for just like some fun stuff like yes, this. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's always so doom and gloom over there in the Baltimore world. But, uh, <laughs> really, yeah. but you can check out those episodes as well. And I was also telling Wes, you know, for the Hellboy Book Club. So we'll have Wes over there too. Wes, this, I've got a nice little jam jar for you. <laughs> yeah. What kind of jam? I, I've got blackberry jam. I love blackberry. I love I've got blackberry. apple jam. Apple jam. I, I'd probably <laughs> yeah. go blackberry, blackberry, raspberry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, raspberry. I haven't Absolutely. had raspberry jam yet. Okay. Well, I'm gonna set you up in your in your raspberry jam jar. Perfect. All right. Here. Very good. Very Talk good. You Thank you so much, Wes. And now Aubrey's gonna say all the things. You can use one of those little um, microfiber cloths that John uses to clean his glasses as your blanket. i'll tuck you you in all right everybody that was a really fun um adventure with um our encounters at evil and we let wes out of the closet i mean the the drawer wherever we keep him i don't know (laughs) did you know i was in the closet he was in the junk drawer (laughs) he was in the junk drawer i was in the drawer i was in the mask yes exactly yeah i don't know taking a little nap i don't know i don't live here no uh (laughs) he doesn't live in the junk drawer so he doesn't know uh I want to know what you thought. You could share, uh, send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And as always, you can find all of our resources on our Podbean website and our Facebook about section, our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. Always a special thank you to Paul from Got to Harm for the listener feedback theme. Yes, thank you. Our theme music is from Only Beast. Our logo is from Ross Radke and Matt Struck By. Yes, thank um, you guys. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, and when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps. And uh, if you're enjoying it, uh, share us with a friend. You know, everybody should join the book club. Yes. Give them the next comic. Tell them to read it and listen to the podcast. Do it. (laughs) Next week, Halloween continues. But over at the Hellboy Book Club podcast, where we will be reading Sarah Jewell in the House of the Lost Horizon. Yes. So you guys know what to do. Come over to that show. Pull out them floppies, trades, digitals, or whatevers. And join us next week on the Hellboy Welcome Podcast. And we'll be back in two weeks for Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm some sort of child-sized man bat. <laughs> I'm Wes Matthias living in a silver matchbox. Oh, no. Oh, no. With runes on it. No, Wes. We would never do that to you. And I'm Aubrey Lola saying, well, that's a fix. Yes. <laughs> See you, everybody. Get back to your matchbox. Nice and cozy.